This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon, Craig. How are you doing? I'm really good. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Of course, it was a big day for UK Chancellor Rishi Sunak, and we'll talk more about his spring statement a bit later. But first, the most eye-catching figure of the day was that rise in oil prices, 5% last time I looked. Brent crude going through that psychological $120 barrier. And I understand that that hike was due to a problem with a pipeline in Russia, of all places. Yeah, it's so this is um, this is a pipeline that effectively runs through Russia carrying crude from Kazakhstan and uh, the there's uh, reportedly been a storm which has caused damage which could affect around uh, a million barrels a day uh, and Russia saying that this could take around a month and a half to two months to be repaired so obviously coming at a time when the market is already extremely tight this has caused a surge in the price of oil today and again just further exacerbates the issue but also further puts pressure on those producing nations that do have spare capacity to utilize some of that spare capacity. Now, because of the politics involved, ultimately it will need Russian backing, you would have thought, in order for those producing nations to agree, given that Russia is such an important part of uh, the OPEC plus alliance. But again, this does just create further issues in the oil market in the near term because of the enormous uncertainty it creates. And if we don't see now the other members of OPEC that can uh, step up and uh, try and fill that void, then I think we will see oil prices potentially rising much further over the coming weeks. Excuse my cynicism, Craig, but it's a bit of a coincidence that this has happened, isn't it? Yeah, it is. uh, Obviously, um, it's hard to look at this and not think that this uh, seems like quite the coincidence, uh, as you say. But obviously, all we really have to work on is the reports that we're seeing. And until we see any reports from elsewhere that suggests that there is foul play at hand, then we really can't be drawn too much into the speculation side of things. But from a market's perspective, ultimately, all we can do is look at this and say that's 1% of global crude output that's going to be offline now for at least the next six weeks or so and happening at a time when we are, uh, as you alluded to earlier, also seeing a spike in natural gas prices. So this is uh, just further adding uh, pressure to an already intense situation. And what is that uh, spike in gas prices down to as well? So, yeah, typically we do see oil and gas kind of moving in similar patterns, but uh, this is actually completely unrelated. We are seeing a massive surge in gas prices across Europe today. And this actually stems from an announcement that President Putin made earlier on, where he's instructed the central bank and given them one week uh, to find a way to enforce hostile countries, uh, which includes basically any country that's imposed sanctions on Russia, to pay for Russian gas in rubles uh, rather than in euros uh, or dollars, which accounts for almost the entirety uh, of the payments that are currently made. Now, um, this is obviously a move by Putin in order to try and uh, in, in many ways infuriate uh, and frustrate many of these buyers uh, because of the sanctions that have been imposed against Russia, Russian companies and uh, central banks, which has created these uh, challenges in the oil and gas market. It's hard to know exactly what the ultimate uh, aim of this is. There's obviously speculation. Could it be a move to support the ruble? Because obviously now these countries are going to be forced to 
buy Russian rubles in order to do that? Is it a way of frustrating the sanctions because of the sanctions that have been imposed against the central bank? Create issues and challenges on that front? Uh, is it a way or a means to try and force companies either around the sanctions or to try and force uh, the sanctioning countries to tweak the sanctions to try and uh, allow for these uh, exchanges to still take place. It's obviously, it's very difficult to say right now. It's also difficult to say how it will be enforced and whether it's enforceable. Obviously, a lot of that's going to depend on the contracts that these gas companies do have uh, with the purchasing, uh, with, with their buyers, uh, and whether, therefore, that is going to be an option that's going to be allowable uh, and whether it's going to be practical. So I think we're going to learn a lot over the course of the next week. And like I say, the central bank's been given a very tight deadline to deliver on this. So what we've effectively got now is we've got something that creates an additional layer of uncertainty in the market. And I think that's what's really driving the prices higher today because we still, at this point, know very little about how it will be uh, enforced and when it will be enforced. Now, Craig, these rocketing energy prices obviously was a big factor in today's spring statement by UK Chancellor Rishi Sunak, and he's actually acted on those, uh, announced a 5p cut to fuel duty, which uh, comes into force almost immediately. That's the biggest cut in fuel duty, I think, in a generation. And it's announced other policies looking to help people with the cost of living crisis. They're raising the threshold of paying national insurance by £3,000. And the, the rabbit out of the hat, as they say, was right at the end of his statement when he announced that there'd be a basic rate of income tax cut, albeit right at the end of the parliament in 2024, and albeit only 1%. But markets looking at reaction to the Chancellor's statement, didn't seem to really react very much. Yeah, markets very rarely do react to these type of things. A lot of it tends to be leaked before. Uh, Obviously, the income tax move did come as a bit of a surprise. But, I mean, call me a cynic, but a 5p cut in the fuel duty you say it's, a, it's the largest cut in a generation but when you're looking at price at the pump at 160 170 pence a liter it doesn't really make that big a difference what's that going to save what three pounds ultimately at the pump on filling your tank i mean that's not necessarily going to have this enormous impact and he's also making quite a lot of that extra vat because of these uh, hikes in oil prices of course Exactly. You look at what the composition of the actual oil price that you pay at the pump is, a lot of it is tax. And therefore, you look at the tweak and you're like, well, actually, are you making more from VAT from the increase that we've seen in petrol price at the pump over the last month than you're actually giving back in terms of this uh, fuel duty kind of almost feels like a rebate. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a little underwhelmed, if I'm honest. I mean, I know we saw not one, not two, but five. But really, is it going to make a difference? Are people going to be sitting at home going, wow, I feel so much more comfortable now? I feel like this cost of living crisis is really being overblown and I'm not going to feel it. I, I, I'm personally, I think I'm a little bit underwhelmed at, at uh, despite the salesmanship that we saw on show. Uh, as you say, they, that was alongside the income tax. But again, 2024, that's not going to help people for the next two years when the real cost of living squeeze is going to be felt. So again, I was a little bit underwhelmed on that front as well. The national insurance change, I think, is a welcome move and hopefully can alleviate some of the, that pain. And I think really... He's trying to almost sell to everyone there. He wants to stick with his previous promises with regards to national insurance. He didn't want to withdraw that entirely. But by doing it in this way, he gets to sell himself to the Tories as being a tax cutter rather than a tax riser. By increasing the threshold, you're seen to be playing towards that. By promising a tax cut in 2024, which isn't going to help anyone now, you're 
giving something to the tax cutters within the party that have been pressuring the government so strongly over the course of the last couple of months to do away with this national insurance hike. It feels like he's tried to sell a little bit to everyone there and all, all together I feel, like say, ultimately quite underwhelmed. To be fair to the Chancellor, he's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. He is, and I think that you could argue that that is the case, but unfortunately households at this point in time are really feeling the squeeze and that's going to be the case for the next year and uh, maybe longer. And therefore, the pressure was really on. And I know there's been a lot of giveaways over the course of the last couple of years, but we are dealing with a different crisis at hand now. And therefore, we do need measures to try and alleviate those pressures. And when you're raising national insurance, then that just compounds the problem even further. So yes, it's welcome that some of these measures have been announced, but um, I struggle to see it being enough to really make a considerable difference and it comes at a time as well when we've just seen in data that shows inflation is rising much faster again than it was before so it hit 6.2 percent in february that was up from 5.5 percent in january and as per the obr's forecasts which are obviously subject to change that's expected to average 7.4 percent this year peaking at 8.7 percent so the, the, the squeeze on households and businesses is very real and it's going to continue. And then we're going to be met with higher interest rates. The Bank of England raising rates on three uh, consecutive meetings, lining up the prospect for more of as well to follow at the coming meetings as well. It was interesting last week that the Bank of England did soften its tone slightly and suggested that they may slow down. But given the latest data that we've seen and given the latest forecast from the OBR, can they really afford to be slowing down the pace of tightening when inflation is still rising and expected to average 7.4% this year? almost four times its official target. Okay, Craig, thanks very much for joining us today. We'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. This is the Oanda Podcast.